We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And the Illini closing in on the win. The give to Bowie, the three. their largest deficit of the season down 18 at the break to get the 66-62 win knocking off the Northwestern Wildcats couldn't help but think to myself as I watched that happen Zach and it's Mully and all we got Zach Zaymon what they needed to put that off to stave off that comeback was the greatest hair in Big Ten history that's the only thing could have saved Northwestern and we're delighted to welcome that man to our program. He is Tim Doyle, and Tim joins us now on the guest hotline presented by Soda Weight Loss. Visit SodaWeightLoss.com. That's S-O-T-A. Tim, good morning. How are you? Northwestern won that game, Molly and Zach. You guys didn't realize that because <laughs> if you bet them, you were getting seven and a half, and it was never a sweat up there. In Champagne, never sweat in that game. So I was surprised to see that Illinois was such a favorite. That one hurt, though, I'm not going to lie. You know, you're up 18 points, you're cruising. But Illinois has done that multiple times this year. I also had Rutgers in a game where I was getting points, and Illinois blitzed them in the second half. Uh, Illinois has that spurt ability. They have that ability with Shannon and Meyer. When they go out there and make shots, they're going to be a hard team to handicap in the tournament because when they get rolling – they can almost beat anybody on any given night. Northwestern's like very consistent, almost old school, take care of the basketball, have really good guards. So that was a really fun, great college basketball game. But man, guys, that L was painful for this Northwestern alum. <laughs> it's so dull to say, hey, at least they covered, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tim, you, you know, you, you talked about Northwestern style, which is kind of like old school. They they do have a unique advantage over a lot of teams in college basketball where they've had a backcourt that's played together for a little bit of time. So uh, e- even though there are all these new teams adjusting to the transfer portal, when it comes to the backcourt, the most important position in, in college basketball, there's continuity there. And then they've got the kind of defense that travels. You know, you can make a case they lost yesterday's game not because of their defense, but because Chase Audige didn't have a typical offensive Chase Audige game. You know, I still think if you look up and down the talent of the schools in the Big Ten, I think the overall talent is higher than what's still at Northwestern. But to your point, Zach, what Northwestern has that most teams in college basketball don't have is a culture. You know, like they don't have guys that have played together for multiple years. I mean, you know, Chris Collins was certainly on a seat that was very warm coming into the season, 
And he lost a guy who starts at Indiana, a guy who starts at North Carolina, and a guy who's six-man for Duke. You know, where is this Northwestern team if they had all those guys? So I think that's going to be ultimately his challenge at Northwestern is keeping guys like it's the challenge for so many people across college basketball. But he has a culture there. They have single-digit turnovers. They play excellent defense. I think hiring former Southern Illinois head coach Chris Lowry has changed their defensive schemes. They're so good on defense. But you're right, Zach. Like, Chase Audige can't go three for 14, three for 15. Like, he needed to make more shots. So, the fact that, you know, after the game was over, I went back and looked at the stats. Northwestern shot in the 30s (laughs) on the road in Illinois. I'll say this right now. It was the most embarrassing game of my life. Little League, peewee, soccer, CYO basketball. We had played Illinois when they were number one in the country in Evanston. And we played great. We shot like 58% and we lost by nine. And now we were going down there at the end of the season and we were all sitting in the locker room. They were undefeated. And I remember saying, like, can we just mail in a score? Can we just mail in like 84-60 Illinois wins? And we went down there. And we got our butts kicked. I remember checking into the game. I think it was 48-10. to 10, And we oh. lost the game 84-48. And I'll never forget the final oh. score because I wanted to just, like, abort the game like it was a video game. We got pummeled. But that was one of the great college basketball teams of all time. Yeah, that, that was a great team. And, you know, I got to tell you, I kind of I, – I, I respect what they've done because – They've tapped into that transfer portal, and unlike a lot of teams, they figured out how to win with their three leading scorers all being guys that transferred in. That that's unusual. You know, he does a real good job there, um, but I I'm not sure. Like I I think I saw at the beginning of the year, Georgetown had a bunch of guys, in the, and they are awful. I just think it's hard to get those guys to play well on, on when you're bringing in guys. You got to understand your program very well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Molly, you and I, last time we ran into each other, we were inside a church. Traditionally, it's outside a <laughs> bar or, like, smoke a cigarette down in, like, a, an alley somewhere. But you're right. It's about that continuity. It's about knowing one another. And, and what everyone thinks about trust and continuity, I don't know why our, our mind, including mine, goes right to offense. But, but it goes the same way to defense. You know, if you were a soccer player, like, you know, like, Oh, that guy's a bad defender. I'm going to have to help here a little bit more. All right, I can get up and pressure because I have a big that's going to block shots. Like, you just understand your roles. My wife and I learned this pretty early in our relationship. She's kind of like a back-it-up-on-you dancer, like back-it-up. And I'm more of like a face-to-face Patrick Swayze, dirty dancing type. So, like, the first couple of weddings we went to, like, we weren't really jiving. Now, 10 years later, six years we've been happy, we're finally figuring out how to dance with one another. Nobody puts Timmy Doyle in a corner. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, Tim, when when you look ahead now, because uh, I, I think it's fair to say that Northwestern is going to be playing in the NCAA tournament. This has been an unbelievable year for your alma mater. And the, the big wins that they've had, even a close loss last night in Champaign, but the wins in Madison, Columbus, and Bloomington, East Lansing. I mean, it's been really impressive what Northwestern has been able to do. Let's forecast ahead when you look at the NCAA tournament and they were saying this at halftime yesterday and I don't think they were wrong this is a really good basketball team what do you see as you forecast and you look ahead to the NCAA tournament what can Northwestern do this year I I guarantee they win a game you know whether they're slotted at six or seven spots 
then after that, Zach, I, I think I feel a, a lot of this about, about 98% of college basketball. Then I think anything could happen. You know, I just had San Diego State last week. They're in the top 25. If Northwestern played San Diego State in a seven-game series, it would be seven games, and it would be 4-3, one of those teams. Like, th- that's how I feel about a majority of college basketball, that anybody can beat anybody on any given day. You know, Purdue was ranked number one in the country for an extended period of time, and I really watched their game against Davidson because Matt McKillop was my next-door neighbor growing up. Davidson's like a run-of-the-mill team in the Atlantic 10, and guys, it was a game for 36 minutes. So, like, there's so much parity across college basketball that the way I'm going to handicap when I get my bracket is who has that culture? Who has that continuity? What teams are kind of peaking at the right time? What team has an injury to a guy who, oh, man, that's really going to affect them in a negative way? Because now roles have to change. Whatever roles have to change this late in the season, that's not good for a squad. I'll give you a team right now off the cuff, and they won't make the tournament unless they win the MAC. It's Kent State. Rob Senderhoff's a mensch there, and he's an outstanding coach. They went to Houston. They were up one with one minute left. They went to Gonzaga. They were up three with three minutes left. And these are the type of teams I want to see in the tournament, guys. You know, when Loyola made the great run to the Final Four, mm-hmm. they became a national story. Sister Jean became a household name. But if they don't win the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, they don't even get in. And I, and I think that's a shame. I almost feel like the tournament should slot two to three spots for the mid-majors. First of all, no one wants to play them. No one certainly wants to go to their home floor. And that's what we love early on in the tournament. We love those stories of, like, when Mike Jackson makes the three, his mother drinks a beer out of a wooden leg. Like, I want to see the wooden leg. Like, those are the stories you fall in love with early. And then, and then she's on Good Morning America with the wooden leg, and I'm signing it. Like, I love those feel-good stories, and I love when the little guy gets a chance in the tournament. So Kent State's the team out of the max to keep an eye on. That's great stuff. Um, Tim, Want to talk to you about some uh, NBA as well. We see you on the NBA network as well as CBS Sports. And I, I got to tell you, I thought it was hilarious. I follow you on Twitter. You sent out a photo of you and the former uh, Bull, Mac McClung, after he won the uh, the three-point shooting – or sorry, the dunk contest. And you're like a head taller than that guy. I mean, I don't know how the hell he won the, the dunk contest. I watched it. And, I, and I'm convinced the way he won it was by hit, by making his dunk immediately. He just dunked, and that was it, and he didn't have to, hey, Dad, throw that ball again off the bat. I mean, that was sensational. He was, uh, he was a great show. And, you know, a lot of people are saying he saved the dunk contest. And when I was out in Salt Lake City, you know, I was working with Turner. So I'm in the green room, you know, with the Barclays and the Shacks of the World and oh, Reggie Miller awesome. and – then we're at parties with Lindsey Vaughn and Jeremy Piven. So, you know, you're like, play it cool. I'm cool. Even though I'm not cool, I drive a minivan with 36 cup holders. I'm like this. No one knows you drive a minivan. No one knows you have 36 cup holders. Just play it cool. Yeah, he walks so into I the room like that. Patrick Swayze, right? I mean. yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I'm dancing by myself out there. Um, so... So then I see Mac McClung, and I'm like, oh, cool, there he is. Like, I know my son, Chicago Joe, would be excited to, to, to know that I was with him. And then his uh, agent comes by, and he goes, oh, my God, Tim Doyle's here? And I'm like, I start looking around the room. I go, yeah. He goes, Dan Pondman. Now, Dan was a whiz kid recruiting agent and maybe, uh, like, wrote his own newsletter when he was 15 years old, but he's from Evanston. 
And so he grabs Matt McClung and he goes, Matt, this is my favorite player when I was growing up right here, Tim Doyle, right? And I'm like, am I on hidden camera right now? He's like, hey, Matt, how you doing? So I said to him, now Matt started his career at Georgetown, yeah. and I started my career at St. John's. And I go, Matt, there's not a lot of guys that look like us that played at Georgetown and St. John's, right? And he starts dying laughing. I go, do you mind if we take a picture? See, the picture was smooth. But I forgot to get the alcohol out of there. You know, I was thinking, like, <laughs> I, obviously, I drink, like, Miller Lite, but I had to drink champagne at this party. So I'm holding, like, a glass of champagne. And my son's like, Dad, what's that? He goes, orange juice. You know, they serve orange juice at all these parties. So. <laughs> oh, you're beautiful. So what do you think of the Bulls bringing in uh, Patrick Beverly? Local guy made good. Um, does that mean, is he kind of the missing piece of energy for this lifeless team? Yeah, I, great question. I, I feel for Bulls and Bulls fans because of the Lonzo Ball situation. You know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, everyone forgets. Like, you know, you lose your point guard, it's sort of kind of like losing your quarterback. You know, like, what good team has, like, no quarterback? And, you know, Lonzo plays really good defense. He's an excellent passer. He's actually the, the, the opposite of everything his dad is. Like, he's selfless. He's, like, a great teammate. And now he's gone. So when I watch the Bulls, I think everyone sees the same thing, right? Levine's really talented. DeRozan's a great one-on-one player. And Booth, they have great offensive players, but they have no one who can, like, get them into their offense. There's no one who's, like, the leader of them. They don't guard particularly well. So um, they're a pretty frustrating team to watch because they'll put it all together one night, and they're like, all right, this team's back. We just scored 125 points. And then the next game, they give up 135 points. So – you know, they're kind of in that basketball purgatory. And that's not the fault of the front office. That's not the fault of Billy Donovan. Like, they don't have a point guard. So, you know, how good would the Grizzlies be if they didn't have John Morant? And I'm not comparing those two guys, but but John's kind of the head of that snake. And Alonzo had that potential. So it's unfortunate because I love that the Bulls are, like, trying to keep the fans interested and trying to win and trying to put out a good product. But the reality is, you know, if that's their 500 team. Worse than that, actually, 26 and 33. They've dropped six in a row, 11th place in the Eastern Conference, trying to make a push for that play-in tournament. But given what you said, there's not any miracle point guard help on the way. So how do you go about putting yourself in a position to make a little bit of a push here and get in the play-in tournament? And the other question, Tim, is if you're not a team that can consistently knock down three-point shots, how do you consistently win in the NBA? Yeah, you defend, you guard, you know, and, and, and you know, they, they have that lack of switching five guys. Like, the, the teams that are going to end up winning, Zach, at the end of the day are teams that can guard. You know, Boston can guard. Uh, the Warriors, when they're healthy, they can lock down defensively. Like, that's my biggest concern with Denver is you go look at their defensive metrics, bottom five in the NBA, because Jokic doesn't guard the pick and well particularly well. And Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., that, that's their worst asset is guarding people. So that's why I don't think anyone's taking Denver seriously. If I was running the Bulls, first of all, you'd be in big trouble because I'd be telling everybody, hey, I run the Bulls, right? I'd like, if I was running the Bulls, I would dump. I would just start over. You know, like, I think DeRozan has immense value. If I was a team like Memphis, I would have went out and got him. Because I think you could have gotten, like, a lot for your value. And I'm sure they're entertaining that. You just gave Levine a lot of money. I'm not really sure if those guys are best paired together. It's, they, they can be exciting at times, but I don't know if you need both of them on your roster. Uh, but I, I, I don't want to poo-poo on what they did because they had a good 
thing in place and just Lonzo got hurt. And, and that's sports, right? If Lonzo was playing with this squad, you know, it was such a small window, but they were having so much success. So as far as them making a run, I think that's absolutely a pipe dream. I look yeah. at a team like the Orlando Magic, and that's the team that I've been targeting. That's the team that I think can make a run, give Boston a great series if they're able to get in in that eighth spot. Last time the Magic, last three times the Magic have played Boston, including two in, in Boston, they beat the Celtics. They're 3-0 and against Boston in the last three games. Like, the Magic are going one way, and Boston's, uh, Chicago's going another way. So I root for the Bulls. I'm a hometown guy, but I, I have absolutely zero aspirations for them. Yeah, I, you know, I, unfortunately, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on. And I think that the problem that they have is even moving forward, Lonzo Ball, I mean, he's missed. He's played, what, 35 games in two years. That is that, – that, I don't even know – how you get beyond that. And he's got two years left for 40 million or something. So I, I don't know if he's coming back, if he'll ever be back, if he'll ever be the same is really a hard situation to look at. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the Orlando magic signed Grand Hill and Tracy McGrady that right. was supposed to be like this super team. And then Grand Hill got hurt. You know, people forget because I was working with Grant all weekend in Salt Lake city. Like Grand Hill was like, becoming the best player in the NBA. And then he went down to Orlando and people forget that, you know, that team never materialized because he got hurt. So that's why I respect what the Bulls did. Like they tried, like they tried pretty quickly. They brought in a new front. Uh Oh, we've lost him. Like, holy cow, he's pretty good. They're fun to watch. You're going to win like 46 games. And then Lonzo got hurt. So, you know, I, I get the frustration from Bulls fans. I watch the games like everybody else, but, uh, you know, when you lose your, your point guard and a guy that's like borderline could be an all-star in the next couple of years, like it, it's going to affect your team. And now they bring in Patrick Beverly. It's awesome to see Patrick Beverly home. I root for Patrick. I know what it's like to go through those challenges. I know what it's like to be the underdog and to keep working your tail off to get to this point in your career. So it's great that he's here, but how is he going to affect the team? I, you know, my hopes are pretty low. Great stuff, Tim. Always a joy to catch up with you. I'll see you in church, I guess. Is that what happens now? We're uh, we. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and when I was single, Zach, just FYI, I used to go to the five o'clock mass on on Sunday because that was called the ass mass. And that was like you could see all the bad decisions everyone made throughout the weekend. You'd be like, ha ha. I see where your head's at right now, Missy. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you're a man of faith. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank you, Tim. God bless you. That's awesome. See you guys. That is Tim Doyle. What a what a character. That's what one heck of a professional. Yeah. Oh, he's Whew. fantastic. He's a great guy. He's had a lot of laughs over the years. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.